Let's go. You're listening to Making Data Simple, where we make the world of data effortless, relevant, and yes, even fun. Hey folks, welcome to Making Data Simple. This is a podcast I started with my interest in data, which I think is the center of the universe, still the center of the universe, but it really includes everything from technology, business innovation, leadership, anything. I have my coach on here from time to time. Today's podcast is gonna be a little bit different. We're gonna record a video. Usually I always record a video and then I just take the audio. But today we're gonna to have a live virtual session. This will be used for TechFest within IBM Expert Lab Services here within IBM. And it'll be presented internally. And then we're gonna take the audio as we always do and we'll put it on the Making Data Simple podcast. So let me jump in. And this is how I'm gonna, I'm gonna start us off today. I previously led delivery and expert lab services. These are world-class consultants. They have certified skills. They have what I call value-based services with repeatable practices, methodologies, offerings. I mean, they get IBM products deployed. I see this team as some of the hardest working, most knowledgeable business impacting individuals with IBM. And I'm not playing to my audience. I always say right value, right skill, right time. Um, I have since taken a role to lead IBM technical sales. But Expert Labs, thankfully, humbly invited me back and the podcast back so that I could interview the new, I don't even think this is a pun, the new general in charge, Diane Del Rosso, who is the VP of Expert Labs for IBM Software. She has a very interesting and diverse background from military to business leadership. Uh, first of all, before I even jump into some of the questions, Diane, I, and I mean this sincerely, thank you for your service. Well, thank you for supporting us. I mean, it, it, that means a great deal. Look, I have military in my family as well, so uh, uh, it means a lot to me. It means a lot to all of us. But so here's what we're going to do. I like to keep this casual. It's like we're sitting at a bar having an adult beverage, and we're just having a conversation. Uh, I know it's what? It's 10. Well, I'm in Central. You're probably in Eastern, but it's 10 for me. Uh, and I know we can't have that drink, but my first question is, <laughs> is if we were to have that drink, what drink would you have? A cappuccino with with uh, you know in in I grew up in Italy uh, as a as a military brat and uh, uh, probably emphasis on the B for brat uh, on my in my case uh, especially if you ask my sisters uh, but they have a, they they call it a cafe corretto so whether it's an espresso or whether it's a cappuccino and they put sambuca in it <laughs> so, <Wow>. not midday <laughs> I was would you have that you wouldn't have it in the morning right what would you have no. at night would you have that at night is that your go to you could have that at night, yes. Okay, very good. I would have a bourbon. I may have, I don't like sweets, so I like, I might have a whiskey sour, but I'd have to put the uh, egg white on top just to tone down the, the sweet piece. All right, so look, I was gonna try to describe your background, but you have such, you know, whether it's military, it's silver pop, I mean, there's so many different things. I am gonna turn it over to you. My first question, well, I guess it's my second question now, is can you please talk to your career, your experience at essentially leads or lands you here today? Boy, that's a, that's a huge question, <laughs> a lot to unpack there. Yes. I, I have to believe that, that others had faith in my ability from where I've come from, but also, the, you know, mostly the IBM side, I would say, but there's an element, obviously, that is a part of my DNA, which is the military capabilities, which is, you know, how do you come across confident, competent, um, it's bottom line up front because you've already thought through the second and third order effects of whatever the decision is or whatever it is that we have to do. Uh, and, and that I would say is probably uh, one of my small superpowers. 
Uh, and so, you know, in short, I, I believe that it is a combination of the things I've done in my past, but also on that military side that have landed me here squarely. But could you say more about the military and then how you got to IBM and I some can. Of the jobs you've held in IBM? Go ahead. Yes. So great question. So, you know, I had 11 years of active duty experience. I'm a logistics officer still, um, and I'm still, um, you know, serving not no longer on active duty, you know, 24 seven, which is where it was my career. Um, I, I, I did depart, uh, the active component side and I moved into the United States army reserve at about the 11th year. Um, and, and it wasn't necessarily because it was something I really wanted to do. It was, I had a, a, a significant illness in my family. My father was gravely ill and it was the second time that cancer that. had come back and it forced me to make a, a smart decision and and one that that I felt was is the best decision for me at the time. My older sister uh, was also in the state of Virginia at the time, as was I with the military, and my younger sister also lived in Virginia. And it was just serendipitous that my parents retired in Williamsburg, Virginia, and it was just you know, it was the right time, the right decision to be made to 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 leave uh, the active side because I was getting ready to to be moved. Um, for mm -hmm. my next assignment, I was promoted early to my next uh, rank and I was to depart and go off to some advanced schooling. That is also a highly selected uh, opportunity. And uh, so I made the decision to leave. I went to 2 startups back to back quickly. Uh, 6 months each and uh, great experience uh, to to have done that. Uh, not the normal course that junior military officers typically go to the top, you know, fortune 200. They get recruited into them exactly mm -hmm. for the things that we you know come with, which is the leadership, um, the experience, uh, and the ability to, to to understand outcomes that we're trying to achieve quickly, and get people to yes, get people in the boat, get them rowing in the same direction, uh, pace, azimuth, and distance, and get you know get going. How so, did you go from startup land to IBM corporate land? So I went through a graduate school. I went to get my MBA uh, because I saw the experience I had, which was a failed experience in that first startup. And I applied to graduate school. Uh, I was just waiting for one of them to pay for it. <laughs> and nice. and hey, lucky, that works. lucky for me, that worked. Uh, and from my MBA program, I was hired into IBM and I was hired into IBM.com in marketing, believe it or not, with, to business partners. And mm -hmm. so to me, that was awesome because you get a uh, high adventure, uh, a lot of things that you're juggling in, in that statement all, to unpack all by itself. And I just, I really enjoyed that, that onboarding experience into IBM. I, ex I really loved the challenge that that uh, uh, gave me. And then I worked my way up pretty quickly into becoming a director within um, four and a half years uh, in IBM, you know, in IBM proper. And I, I believe that it is because of the leadership experience. I believe it is because I was an experienced hire. Um, it wasn't like I had, you know, four or six years of experience coming in. I, I came with a lot in my kit bag or, or, or arsenal, if you will. Uh, and, uh, you know, and enjoyed and had just some amazing experiences and some great mentors in IBM, I would say, whether it was formal or informal and great leaders that I got to work with. Very good. Very good. I got a lot of follow ups to that, but I'm going to. <laughs> Why military? Is it military family? Is that yes. was that expected? By the way, I hope you got to spend some time with your dad. Sounds I like did. Dad. I did. It was it was the right decision at the time. Um, it it, it uh, 
what the doctors told us my dad beat by a couple of months, but it, it was the right decision and I, I will never regret that at time being able to be close by to drop everything. And get in the car and and you know go to go to Williamsburg and be able to to spend time with the family, the whole family and extended families there. But to answer your first your other question on the military family, it wasn't expected. It was it was an opportunity, and that's how we saw it. Our, our folks sat us all down and said, "You're going to be in college at the same time. We can afford it if you go to state schools. If you're going to go to a private school or you're going to go to another you know an academy, you guys can help." Yeah. <laughs> and so for us, that was. You know, the path, my older sister was at Georgetown on an ROTC scholarship for four years. And I saw, um, I applied to West Point. I got in at the very last minute. I changed my mind. And uh, wow. I had the, thankfully the foresight because of my sister's, you know, experience and seeing that opportunity with the Army ROTC scholarship to do the same. So I applied to uh, to a four-year scholarship. I received it. They're very competitive, these back then as well as today. Uh, and then uh, it was a matter of, you know, finding the right school to go to, uh, given that I changed my mind to not go to West Point. <laughs> Why did you change your mind not not to go to West Point? Well, the, the biggest reason, quite frankly, wasn't because of the opportunity. Opportunity is absolutely phenomenal, still is today. And and I, I have many, many friends who, who did go to school there. For me, it was because I was a military brat. My dad was an army officer. We moved around all these years and going straight from West Point, or sorry, from high school right into West Point for me was, more of the same, meaning I wouldn't have an experience outside of that military that was designing and influence your schedules, your your agendas, your learning, all of that. I wanted a sense of responsibility of my own. And so I went to uh, you know get my undergraduate degree with the four-year Army ROTC scholarship with the understanding that if I was still looking for that a different challenge, that West Point challenge, I would reapply, which I did. Uh, and I got in the second time. But I uh, withdrew my packet and stayed where I was because I just I loved it. Well, look, I love it. Uh, by the way, also one one comment I would make, and, and it kind of ties to your other comment. My wife always has a saying that applies to what you just said: is like you'll never regret doing the right thing. And it sounds like that applies to you. Yes. Um, you say you're in the reserves. You're a high level exec within IBM. How reserve is the reserve these days? So it is job certainly job dependent. I will tell you, as a commander, and um, I was a commander for th the for three years, three actually three and a half years, and I live in Arlington, Virginia. My command was in um, Los Angeles. So to answer your question succinctly, it is almost every single weekend and many evenings during wow. the week for several hours. After, thankfully for me, because of the time difference, I would normally get on a call between seven and eight p.m. And be on a call between 10 and 11 p.m. Uh, as a commander with my units back on the west coast, mm -hmm. and so the the time you know, but it's 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 honestly it, just like being at IBM and working for IBM. We love this company, and we you know those of us who serve in the military, we love serving in the military, and so you give the hours and that are needed to you know to the teammates that you're trying to help, you know help coach. Yeah, I hear you. Lead and mentor. So here, here's the question. Do you hate Navy? Like Navy. <laughs> you know, for the normal person who doesn't have Navy in their family, maybe. But because oh, okay. I, I had a cousin who was a Navy SEAL officer. Um, and uh, he, you know, he and my uncle, his father, so that but but his father was not by blood. It was his his wife was my aunt. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I distinctly remember when you're sitting in the Navy end zone. 
yelling army and getting told to sit down <laughs> in in, <laughs> ex, in expletives and fun by by many people in the navy end zone that were telling me that uh, I wasn't. They take that seriously. That's why. Oh, that's yes. a serious question. Yes, it's a very serious question. <laughs> yes. They go crazy in those football games, army versus navy. Yes. So you do not discourage Navy because you got Navy in your family. You, it's healthy you, competition. <laughs> okay, healthy competition. We'll leave it at that. So with all that you just said, how would you describe your brand then? I describe my brand as being a coach. First and foremost, it, it's, it is about leadership. It is, though it is, it is certainly about coaching. And, and here's why I say about, you know, coach. A coach is somebody who sometimes gives you tough love, but you don't want to hear it and you didn't expect it, but you need it. And so <laughs> there are times when then people will, will, if you ask them about me and my brand, they will tell you that right up front. Good. That's, that's a great answer. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go on some business questions. I'll come back okay. to the military and some leadership. Okay. Um, but outside of this current position, because we won't count it, do you have a favorite position, whether it's military others, otherwise that you've had of all time? If you had to pick one, if I force you to pick a favorite position, what would it be? I love being a part of the, you know, the acquisition space and I, here's why the teammates come in with just this, they, they're so grateful to be acquired by a company, an iconic company like IBM. Mm -hmm. They, they, once you can get through the sort of forming, storming, norming and helping them understand how to thrive in this very large company where there's, you know, today, 250 new friends, thousand, I should say 250,000 yes. new friends that want to be, you know, want to take the acquisition and go talk to their clients, which is awesome. When they see that and the lights go on, the, the opportunity that they have, it's just amazing. And they're so excited. It, it, and you, and I learned so much from them because they're bringing new capabilities and new technology into IBM that we didn't even know existed, that most of the times our clients don't know exist and they don't know until you show it to them because they didn't even think about it in that same new light. So I would say, you know, and for me, because I just came off of being able to, you know, had the good fortune and privilege to get to lead Turbonomic, I would say that's my most recent one. Mm -hmm. But I would also say my my experience with Silver Pop was amazing because the CEO of that company is just an, he's an icon, you know, Bill Nussie, and today's still a mentor for me. Mm -hmm. Do you, how many acquisitions have you done? Three. Well, directly in terms of a leadership role, three, but I've also been the recipient of many more when I, in my earlier days of right. being, uh, you know, in, in, in what was our WebSphere brand. So think of iLog, Lombardi, there were lots of acquisitions we did at the very beginning, and I got to be, you know, hands-on participant with that as well as, you know, our um, mobile application development. So we, you know, we created that mobile first from Worklight, which was also an acquisition. So now when I need acquisition, but... <laughs> yeah, no. Well, now when I need acquisition coaching, I know where to go, right? It's straight to your office. I'm happy um, to do that. <laughs> so now you're at Expert Labs. Why is this the next step in your career? Why it's the right place at the right time? You know, it, it's a great question because when I, you know, you look out into the future, when somebody gives you a new opportunity, and they say, where do you want to be in five years? This was this was my answer when I was given the opportunity to go take the leadership opportunity with Turbo because I was actually deployed in Kuwait when I came back. I needed to find a job. <laughs> <laughs> you know, luckily, uh, you know, such a great company. They, they they were fortunate in helping you know me in that effort greatly. Uh, but I would say I would love to be in customer success where wherever that leads me. If that's Expert Labs, if that's customer success, I want to be close to customers. I want to make an impact there. And this you know opportunity came open, and 
having led expert labs before, you know, with Kareem uh, as a part of our what was our Watson IoT division and then became, you know, bigger and now it's a sustainability software. I, I, you know, to me, it's almost like coming home and it's it's being able to bring innovation directly to the point of need at the tip end of this, you know, the, the spear to make the difference in a in a client's engagement with IBM. We get to be the strategic advisor along with a lot of our other teammates. And I just think that that's the heart of the heartbeat of where clients are needing our expertise right at the point of need. And you can really make that difference in a short period of time. I've been there, so I, I agree with you 100%. If you had a niece, nephew, somebody comes up to you and asks you to say, you know, what do you do for a living? How do you answer that? And I do have them. I have four. And I try, you know, shamelessly, I've been trying to, to, you know, get them into software, get them into studies. Is it working? It is working. Good, good. Yes, <laughs> it didn't work with my kids, that's why I asked. I, right now I'm three for four. The fourth is a senior wow. in high school, but I'm, I'm not done. <laughs> they haven't joined IBM, Actually, but they're in the areas that put them in positions to win, to come to companies like IBM, where they can make a difference in, in innovation, both in a software perspective, but also from a logistics perspective. But how Just, do you describe expert labs then? What do you say? So, you, you know, it, it's an interesting question because to say that we're in product, product professional services is not enough. It is, you know, it, it, it gets you on the high dive to, with them to explain this to them, but to get that high dive springboarding, I have to go in to help them understand the things we do with our clients. It's, it's that key ingredient that makes that innovation come to life. All right, so now you're in Expert Labs. What's the biggest surprise? I mean, you come in, you're like, all right, and what has really kind of made you go, I would never would have thought that. The talent. The surprise of, the, the what? Talent. The, the level of talent, the level of passion, the level of expertise, and the innovation we're actually doing day to day with our clients, that to me is eye-watering in a wonderful way. It's a pretty good answer. Look, it's I, when I said it when I started off the uh, the podcast here, look, I mean, it's some of the hardest working, the very knowledgeable, and I have to admit to you, I still ping them day to day and ask them for advice and, uh, you know, different product expertise, et cetera, because they know what they're doing. There's no they question do. about it. They do. And I learn things about our technology, about our people, about our clients. Every single day, it's the best job. I have the best job at IBM. <laughs> That's great. Expert Labs mission then. How do, how do you describe that? It's kind of related to what we already talked about. And and I think the part of the question is, how does it differ from consulting? I think some people get confused. Because they look at expert labs as services, consulting as services. How do you differentiate? The biggest differentiation for me is to describe, I have the Jedi Knights or the Ninja Warriors or the Gerber knife, that specialty tool and that Gerber knife that you pull that out. It is, it's our team. <laughs> it's the laser focus on the capabilities we need to deliver to solve the client's needs um, and, and create new opportunities. It's it's innovation and it's value creation at its finest. And to be able to deliver that in a very short period of time, as I mentioned, together with our other IBM teammates is just, it's its really awesome. You're reminding me that I need to steal some of these folks, you know? No. <laughs> no, no. All unless good, it's good, good for their career. Unless it's promotion and really <laughs> okay, good for their fair. career, we'll talk. All right, fair enough. So I know you must come in with some, like, a mid and long-term vision for expert labs. Can you articulate that here? So when you think about what, where are, we're, where are we taking the, the, the ship for expert labs, it's the constant need to stay abreast of what's out there from a technology perspective, skilling up our teams 
And I know one of our questions that we had discussed before, uh, not on this podcast, but, you know, but outside of this is where, what skill level do we need to aspire to be uh, for our, uh, you know, a lot of our um, teams. And, and that is really kind of the level four. And so the long-term is continuing to provide and be the catalyst for innovation for our clients. And, you know, to do so at a, at a profitable margin, you know, for IBM, but also for the client and to be able to show that in a short period of time. You're really close to development, right? I mean, that's yes. expert labs. Where is the line of distinction or the differentiation between, hey, I'm, I'm promoting and helping this product with the client versus the P&L piece? How do you, how do you, how you balance that tightrope? It's a great question. Um, I'll let you be the judge after this quarter to tell me whether <laughs> I'm doing okay, but, um, or, or we are doing okay as a yes. team, but uh, you know, the, the differentiation, I don't know if it is as distinct as kind of differentiation, because to me, this is a team sport. The goal is to take the best we are, you know, first of all, the first thing is right. Listening to the client's needs and understanding what the questions we should be asking to tease that out so that we actually really understand the problems we're helping them solve and where they're trying to go into their future and their journey. And every journey is unique. And it, it, it isn't taking what we have and ensuring that that's what they decide that they wanna go with. It's helping to solve the problem because they have all kinds of things in their environments. It's optimizing what is in their environment helping them see what the art of the possible is, and then giving them decision points in which they can act upon a journey that makes the most sense for their business. And so if that's taking what we have been working with the, the you know, IBM research or the labs and making that real for them, it's serving it up in a way that gives them options and then helping them as that strategic advisor to make the decision at what points they'll be able to see the, the the fruits of that in their environments, depending on what their outcomes are. Are there any strong plays that you're really reinforcing right now within the Expert Labs community? There are. Right now, obviously, we are, we are seeing some really amazing opportunities in what, all, what we, we see as trustworthy AI. Uh, there are many names for this in GRC and, and your clients. And when you look at their governance uh, opportunities or AI governance, it's also called. So we're seeing we're seeing some good, uh, not only pipeline opportunities, but we've already delivered on on several fronts in financial institutions as well as uh, in highly regulated uh, segments of markets like uh, healthcare. Let's go back to the skills thing if we could. What are you looking for the team to get out of TechFest? My definition is being POC proof of concept capable within those products. You see it the same way? Yes. I mean that's the easiest way to define it. I mean it's bigger than that, but anyway, same way. I do. And, but it's also ensuring that the teammates we have within IBM, that we're all seeing the same things the same way, right? Because we know, again, this is a team sport. You're, you're with the client, engaged with the client, along with your teammates and making sure we're aligned on the outcomes that the client's trying to achieve and the ways in which we need to do that as a team. And sometimes that includes some competitor capabilities in there, but we have to agree and be aligned on the goals and what that charter is for that client. When do you use a partner versus not? Great question. Sometimes, and I, I shouldn't say sometimes, very often a customer has a boutique partner or a GSI that they look to to deliver upon, you know, contractually 
um, there's sometimes there's great occasions where we can co-sell together with a partner and the partner may have the relationship with that customer and they're bringing IBM expert labs in because they know and have had other experiences us with us in their past life with other partners or other customers. And so we see that honestly as a win, 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 because it's win for IBM, win for the partner, win for the customer. But cool. the proof of values and proof of concepts, those are great ways to bring our teams in at really low costs. And, you know, you, you can, in, in short milestones, to be able to prove out the value to a, a customer or a client and then have, you know, a follow-on project that's identified with, with greater amounts of budget that then allows you to go in because you've proven that to then come in and, and bring it to, you know, bring it home and prove that value out. Yeah. I mean, so there are a lot of things. It's not really, I don't consider that free, though. That's like a... What you call it? I mean, but it's a. It, it's like you say, it's a proof of experience that you're partnering with the client, so they can see the value, and then it's a becomes a partnership and a relationship, and usually they buy services or whatever the case may be. Yes. Yeah, I got. It. Um, you know, when I came into Expert Labs a couple of years ago, uh, I come in and like within a month we go into lockdown. So I was all excited, you know, Expert Labs, client facing, which I love, and then we get shut down. Are you guys over that now? I mean, it, because it, because of COVID, are you, are you getting back out in front of customers or it's still slow? I mean, where do you stand today? We are. I will tell you though, it's an interesting dichotomy because while the COVID lockdown has you know mostly been released and people are engaging to be able to fly to customers and have that face-to-face -face relationship because it's so vital to build the relationship with that client, especially new ones that may not know that IBM is even in this business. It, it seems to be harder to get in front of clients sometimes because they got the same, you know, like I've got a one client that I'm working with that went completely remote, even their executives. And so then trying to get everybody together to have an architecture discussion, I mean, it's, oh, it's like painful trying to get that. I don't know if you're experiencing that, but that's one thing I, I think is a negative on it. There's a lot of positives. Uh, I'm working out of my home, as you can see. And I get to spend more time with family, probably work more <laughs> like everyone else. I mean, I didn't think it was possible. Yeah, but you, you, you work more. But I do find it harder sometimes to get a whole executive team together. I don't know if you find that, but. I do, even on site though. I won't name the name of the customer, but there was a group of us, a, a let's say, the arsenal of the right teams at IBM were present and, and uh, engaged and ready to engage, but the client didn't similarly show up yeah. in to what we thought was the shared agreement to be yeah. there on site. So, you know, it can happen on site just as well as virtually that people aren't able to show up. So I just say, that's why there's this dichotomy. You have to figure out who are the right people, the right time, the, what's the message we need to be um, conveying, but also what, what agreements are we trying to reach as a part of this discussion? What questions, what outcomes are we seeking? And that's why those prep meetings you know, internal to IBM are so important, but also equally important is making sure that the customer understands the the, the urgency on both sides, the opportunity for them the, and the urgency for them, but as well as what we're bringing. And, and are we, do we have our arrows aligned um, on yeah. both sides? That's well, I think the good news is, the good news is I do see like ad hoc meetings are easier. People are more yes. inclined to go jump on a call. And yes. I did that with that same customer I mentioned yesterday. The only thing is, the logistics of trying to get like an architecture discussion together has become a little bit more difficult. We really got to plan and we got to even rent some space at times. Anyway, that, that can be a difficulty. Um, where do you think you're going to leave your mark? 
If you, if you look five years from now, what you've done for expert labs, where do you think you'll leave your mark? Are we speaking from just the IBM's perspective or the military's perspective or, you know, in, in well, now you've got me interested in all those areas. <laughs> I think however you want to answer, if it's like three years from now, five years now from whatever, and they say, remember old Diane, she was awesome. You know, before we were like this and now we're like this and that's thanks to Diane. My, my, one of my superpowers is knocking hurdles out of the way to get them to thrive and, and continue to, to do what they love to do. And that's where I would love to be able to leave, leave a mark is so that we're improving every single day along our journey in, in, in expert labs, but really being able to empower the teams to run and continue to run and thrive with our customers. And, and really my job, I feel my job and my leadership team, their job is to be able to buffer our team such that we are getting smart enough and being able to handle things that, that come our way and, and help the, the choppy waters be smoother waters for them to continue, you know, moving as fast as possible. Uh, hopefully that's, you know, addressing your question where I'd yeah, like to leave my mark is that our team is, is continuing to do the things that they love to do and, and not be, you know, mired in, in some of the productivity you know issues we may face or finance issues or headwinds with the, you know, to the best we can to, that are coming our way from an economic perspective, those are always going to be there, but to really hope, help coach, teach and mentor them through those high waters so that they can continue to thrive. Uh, look, I want to transition to, this is your life, Diane, <laughs> some fun stuff. But before I do anything that, uh, that I didn't ask or something that you'd want to say on expert labs that I missed. I, I, the only one point, one point I'd love to just continue to, to emphasize is how amazing the team is how talented they are and you know please you, you know please feel free to reach out to all of us and and ask how you know how can we help you hey listeners i'm going to stop the podcast here we covered diane's experience and her approach to expert lab services here at ibm next time she'll talk about what it takes to be a two-star general and how the military has influenced her leadership style talk to you next week <laughs>